when you recruit them with clarity that that they will be bringing something of value to the organization, uh, it makes it so much easier for them to be able to say yes. Hey, listeners, welcome back to the new Center for Generosity podcast. I'm Mitzi Schaefer, a consultant with GSB Fundraising and your host. On each episode, we work to equip generosity leaders by tackling a single topic related to growing generosity. And together, we answer the three most critical questions for success. Today, I am super excited to welcome back my colleague and friend, Jenny Smith who is a consultant with GSB Fundraising, and she's been here before. So hopefully you remember her. And she's going to talk to us today about finding board members. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Mitzi. Thanks for having me back. It's so great to see you again. And I am I'm excited about our conversation today. Yeah, so we're going to be starting out today with a new series. We just finished up our um, donor first series. And now we're going to start a, let's see, five week. We're going to do five weeks this time on board development, because the reality is um, without a strong board, it's hard for us to have strong fundraising and for our organization to grow and to be healthy. So Jenny is going to get us started off right at the beginning with finding board members. Are you ready for that, Jenny? Yeah, that sounds great, Mitzi. You know, board members are some of our nonprofit organization's greatest advocates. They have a tremendous collective power to push missions to new heights or somewhat sometimes even inadvertently limit the growth and effectiveness of an organization. So I'm so excited that GSB is taking on this topic of board development. And I know my colleagues at GSB will have a lot to say on this topic over (laughs) the next several weeks. Yes, that is very true. Very true. Okay. So um, as we promised our listeners, we have three questions and we get straight to the point so we don't waste their time. And our first question for Jenny today is, what qualities should we be looking for in a new board member? Well, Missy, the short answer to this is, what do you need? So as you look toward the future challenges and opportunities of an organization, because those are always changing, Mm. board members can help you solve problems and position the organization to respond to that changing environment. You know, sometimes I find that organizations seem to be almost caught by surprise that a board member's term limit is up. Oh, I've been um, there. They just haven't haven't thought through that um, enough. They haven't given an idea of what comes next and find themselves scrambling to fill a seat. And sometimes they even leave it open or leave it up to the outgoing member to have to find their own replacement. And that kind of strategy is just really short-sighted. I don't think it serves the organization well. Very true. So one of the things I think is key is for, for organizations to begin now to identify people who would be able to help transition organizations um, to cultivate them for future board service so that when openings occur, they have a ready list. And, and actually it's two lists. Mm-hmm. I'd encourage a list of people who you think might someday be a good board member Uh, This can be part of your moves management strategy, which you and I talked about on September 7. Part of how do we cultivate people into greater engagement within their organization? 
And part of it, that could be their board service or potential volunteering. The second list is a, a list of skills and expertise that's missing from your current team. Um, sometimes it may be you know, legal or technical skills that are needed. Um, it could be something about the industry or the trend, but what's coming up in the next four or five years for you that you'll need help navigating and then match those two lists as openings come available. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. So sometimes uh, we know governing boards can have some stipulations too, like specific representation. Uh, those could be geographical or gender, cultural, racial, ethnic, uh, something that represents their service population. But ultimately consider what kinds of skills or talents are needed and are missing from the current team. Uh, and then how do we use those skills and, and expertise to really make our organization stronger? Sometimes there's uh, people who understand the service industry that you're in. So if you're in education or environment, uh, healthcare services or human, uh, human services or healthcare, mm -hmm. those challenges that you navigate, maybe you need someone who understands government regulations, particularly if you're getting some kind of government subsidies or, or, um, support resources from the, from the government. Seek out people who can bring those um, that knowledge and expertise to help your board navigate that. And then in addition to those skills and expertise, I think one of the best qualities a board member can possess is simply curiosity. Mm. Board members who are willing to learn about the organization they don't have to know all the ins and outs of the, of the trends of service, but they're willing to learn about it um, and learn what those challenges and opportunities that affect the way that your organization delivers services. Those kinds of key, um, just cur simple curiosity can really strengthen their um, ability to make a difference in through their board service. Yeah, Jenny, that's awesome. I, I I love the um, the reality that number one, people just sometimes it sneaks up on them, so to say, um, and they don't know um, or they haven't thought about the fact that 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 somebody is going to be going off the board and they do just leave it to them to find somebody. But if you if they just do that, then the person may or may not be the right fit. And um, everything you're describing here is intentionality. It has intentionality to it that we know what we need and we have a list of what we need and we're cultivating people with those gifts and then we're putting that together. And so um, I hope that a takeaway um, for our listeners from this question is certainly that they're starting their list and they are looking today at who on their board is gonna be rotating off and how much longer they're gonna be. If you don't have that list in front of you, that tickler in front of you or some way to be mindful of that before every board member or before every board meeting, that is an actionable friends that you can go ahead and start doing. So thank you for that, Jenny. Um, okay, so the second question, um, looking forward to this one. So when I know what qualities and skills and experiences are needed in a new board member, where do I find them? Because I know they're not hiding under rocks. <laughs> That's right. 
sometimes it's, it seems like, where do we even start with this, this part? So often board members are recruited because they've somehow self-identified maybe as interested partners or passionate about the work of the organization. They might've contributed financially. They, they maybe volunteered in other ways or even attended an event. I know in the coming weeks, you're going to be talking with other GSB consultants about how to equip those board members for leadership. And so we can lay out processes and teach new board members lots of things about Mm -hmm. how to be good board members. But one of the things that's really difficult to teach is passion for the cause. And so people who are passionate about the work that you're doing are going to be much more enthusiastic board members than people who who just simply don't get it or or aren't engaged in that same way. So when you're looking for new board members, I would encourage uh, people to think about their family members of uh, either either the clients or the family members of those who have benefited from services. Now, sometimes depending on your organization, that doesn't always work uh, because of of the population that you're serving and and the impact of of that. But sometimes those who know firsthand of the impact of your mission, those can be so transformational in advocating for your organization. So I would would look at at those you've served and and their kind of network um, who understand the benefits and and have experienced those benefits firsthand. And then second, you could ask board members currently who are serving or past board members who they might recommend from their network. Board members who have gone through this before know what's expected and they're pretty unlikely to recommend people who wouldn't be a good fit. Yeah. So seeking out other professionals who work differently in the same service population or have an insight or access to beneficial partners like foundations or government regulators is a third way of kind of identifying pools of candidates who might make for good board members. Yeah, Jenny. So what I'm hearing is there, it's not an empty pool. There are lots of places to look. There are lots of places to be connected, but ultimately where we find board members is through our connections and through our networks. And by having done the work along the way, moves management and all those other pieces where we are building up relationships, getting to know people, learning who they are and spending time with them. Um, That's how we identify. That's how we find them. Um, And so I, I hope our listeners are hearing some, uh, maybe some comfort in the fact that they're there, they have them, um, they have to do the work, uh, right. to, to identify them, but, um, but it's not that they're not there. They're, right. They are there, um, as long as we've done the work and, and getting into the next level of work, um, that is involved in that. Your question number three is right on target for that, which is once that perspective board member has been identified, we know who they are and we know who we want to ask, how do we get them to agree to serve? And I love how we framed that question. How do we get them to agree to serve? You know, Mitzi, you, you might be surprised by, the, by this, but the current board makeup is literally the number one factor 
a top tier board member considers when they're trying to decide if they would accept an invitation to serve. That's exactly right. Every time Mm -hmm. they look at who's already serving and now do I want to join this board or not? Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's a, probably a lot of reasons for this, but I'm going to give you a couple key ones that I think are important. That'd be great. So first, the, the current board makeup offers a, a kind of an inside clue about how serious the organization is about meeting the service needs. The, the people that you're recruiting to the board want to be confident that they're going to have some strong partners at the table. There are going to be challenges and potentially tough decisions ahead during their service board service. So can I just um, real quick put in here, um, a really smart person said to me once, A people want A people Mm -hmm. and B people want C people. Interesting. And I think that's exactly what you've just described. Yeah. Yeah. You know, ultimately boards, board members want to make sure that organization is, is going to be successful. And they need, they need to know that there's going to be people there to also help them in that journey. And if they, if they don't think that those people are going to be there, those partnerships are going to be there on the board, then they are not going to agree to serve most likely because they don't feel that their time would be well spent. So the second um, reason for this is that board members serve, they agree to serve for a host of different reasons. And one of those reasons is to strengthen their own professional networks. So there may be current board members that they'd like to work with or want to get to know better. And I, you know, this may sound a little harsh, Mitzi, but it's not all about you and your organization. Right. We attract people because we know that they have skills and gifts to offer us, but, but also their service is part of something that they want to grow as well whether it be their own personal network or professional development. So that gives them an opportunity if they believe that that structure is there. So now if your board does not include these top tiers, so if you're not a recruiting (laughs) a, you can still get board members to say yes. So all is not lost. Um, But when you invite them to serve, it's important to be clear about why you're asking them. Is it because of the expertise and skills that they bring? Is it a network that they have that you hope they'll introduce you to? Is there a representation that's missing from your current leadership? Now, Mitzi, we're not looking for just warm bodies to fill seats here. Nobody wants to just simply be that board member. Every single seat on the board should have a purpose and communicating openly and and early about a a prospective board member's value to that effort empowers them to say yes. And then in turn, asking what they would hope to gain from serving on your board helps give uh, early transparency to you to understand what they value and why they're giving their energies. Maybe it's, again, a desire to serve, um, to gain a better understanding of the cause issues It could be, again, that professional development or networking. It could be a desire to help solve pervasive problems in service delivery. Mm -hmm. But understanding where they're coming from and wanting to say yes and what they hope to gain from serving on the board will also make them better board partners for you. 
Yeah. And I'd love to just give actually our listeners an example. Um, I, um, at Epworth, one of the things that we did was add a friends of Epworth board um, for the purpose of helping us create a social enterprise um, in selling the, you know, famous Epworth peanut butter ice cream, which is now available in grocery stores, which is really cool. I'm not sure you can get it in Ohio, but I know you can get it in South Carolina right now. (laughs) Um, But what was really powerful about that experience and, and I felt at the time I felt pretty young and I felt pretty new um, to the board world. And I felt like I was walking up to some pretty heavy hitters. Um, But when we developed that board for the first time, I just really sat down and made a list and thought about what I wanted, what they needed to do, who they were, all those things, people that I had built relationships with over the last three years from a moves management and development standpoint. And I took a job description with me and I sat down across from all of them and I said, this is what I expect. And I had a couple colleagues say to me, nobody's going to do that. Hmm nobody's going to serve if you ask them to come once a month. And if you ask them to do this, and if you ask them to do that, and I said, well, the reality is if they don't want to do that, then they're not who I want because this is what we need. And this is what we're looking for. And do you know that all eight of them, they all said yes. And they all met the expectations like, and exceeded them. And it was the best group of people I've ever had an opportunity to work with because they, they had passion. They had, they had the, they were all a people. Um, All of them were a people and they brought the best, even better out of each other. It was one of my greatest experiences in my career so far was to work with that group of people. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. They want that clarity too, of what's expected because they don't want to have to guess at at what, what you need from them or where they're supposed to be, you know, weighing in on things or not. So that clarity is really critical, uh, to, to starting out well. Yeah. And Paul, Paul will talk to us next week about, um, (laughs) orienting them, but we also don't want orientation to be a complete surprise. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, Jenny, um, this has been great. How about give us two takeaways for our listener to compact that down for them. Um, before we, before we finish up today. Yeah, you bet. So, so takeaway number one, if you have, if you don't have already start now, to identify those people um, that will that you need to help transition the organization. Uh, again, back to those two lists, the list of people you think might someday be good board members and a list of the skills, expertise, uh, some of those qualities that are missing from the current team. And remember, this is a rolling list because you have board members terming off all the time and new gaps are created. So just because you you fill one gap, another one will be created eventually. And so keep an eye toward what's coming in the next four or five years to prioritize those skills and experiences needed among new potential members. And then the second one, Mitzi, is to communicate about what you need. That transparency we just talked about, how you think a potential board member uh, or board recruit rather could help 
and nobody wants to feel like their time or their knowledge or resources is, um, is just kind of disregarded and they're simply just filling a seat. But when you recruit them with clarity that, that they will be bringing something of value to the organization, uh, it makes it so much easier for them to be able to say yes. Yeah. And, and you're making a deposit. That's right. Um, that clarity. So yeah, sorry, I couldn't help myself. Um, okay, friends. So um, so I hope you have um, have some takeaways, some actionable, because you know that's important to us. Um, it doesn't work to know information if you don't act on it. So we hope you have some actionable takeaways from today. Um, and also know that this doesn't have to be overwhelming. There are so many board resources in the Center for Generosity. Um, all you have to do is subscribe and you can get access to all of those. Um, as we do our weekly roundtables, as we have open office hours for you and even master's classes, um, you can do deeper dives into board development. We can um, help even train your board. Um, we can be a part and walk alongside um, you as you're even training your board. So um, check out the Center for Generosity at centerforgenerosity.com. That way you'll have access to all of those awesome resources, accountability, focus, tools, and plans. So next time, friends, we will be back with my friend, Paul Marsh. Um, he is also a consultant with GSB. He's been with us before, so hopefully you remember him. And um, we're going to be talking about orientation. So once you've used all these skills that Jenny's given you and You've got those lists of board members and you've approached them and you've asked them and they've said yes and you've done your happy dance, then we need to get them oriented. So join us back next week um, on October the 12th and we'll talk about getting them all oriented. Until then, have a good week. Bye now.